we're looking at a book, and it's called First Chronicles. And Chronicles means uh, genealogies. It means listing. It means the idea of giving information. And if you've ever read First Chronicles, about the first nine, ten chapters are just listings of names. That's why most people don't study it and say, well, let's, I'm, I'm really highlight the first ten chapters of Chronicles, of First Chronicles, because there's just so much that's just listing of names. So why in the world would we study that? Why would we take some time to look at a list of names? Well, we're not, because we're going to focus on one name. And you've got, I've called it the prayer of Jabez, but we're going to look at a man by the name of Jabez. Now, uh, when, when you think about that, you say, well, so what's so important about this man? In fact, if you look at him in the whole Bible, there's two verses, verses 9 and 10 of First Chronicles chapter 4. That's the whole thing. We're going to look at it. We're going to see that he prays a prayer, and we're going to see what the prayer is, and then we're going to talk about the prayer and whether we should pray the prayer or something like that, and we'll see it. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9, it's not very well known, but it's become well known. Uh, years ago, it's now been almost 20 years that a guy by the name of Bruce Wilkinson wrote a book called The Prayer. When I say wrote a book, he did a little study called Prayer of Jabez. Uh, I've taught some of this stuff, I mean, literally 20 years ago. Uh, but the, the information from the Bible, not from the book, from the Bible, because we don't study people's books. This guy did a study on The Prayer of Jabez. Uh, what we call that. So I, I want to give you some information a little bit about the book in case you want to get the book, but we're going to be looking at it from the Bible, of course, and we'll come back to that in just a second. As we look at it, here's sort of the flow. Okay, here's what we're going to try to think about. We're going to understand the flow of the Old Testament. That's what we're going to see this morning. We're going to understand Jabez and his prayer, and then we're going to be encouraged to pray more. So that's, that's really the key to this. And this is, uh, when I first saw this, I actually looked at the prayer of Jabez, and at certain times in my life, I've actually prayed what some people call the prayer of Jabez. So we're going to look at it over the next five weeks, and I want you to see it. It may be something that you use in your life. So let me give you some background. When I was at Dallas Seminary, there was a chaplain there by the name of Richard Sume. His name was Dick Sume. He was the chaplain. He was a great man, and he actually became a friend of mine. I got to talk to him some. And what he would do is he'd plan the chapel meetings at, cha at Dallas Seminary uh, every day. You had chapel every day. And so you'd go and they would have speakers come in and all kind of different things. He was also on campus for people to, to know and help. Over the years, I, I got to know him. The, the reason I mentioned Richard Sume is because he has something to do with the prayer of Jabez. About 10 years before I went to Dallas Seminary, Bruce Wilkinson went to Dallas Seminary. And in a chapel... One, one morning, whether it was a Tuesday or Wednesday or a Thursday or a Friday, Dr. Sume taught First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. He taught this. And Bruce Wilkinson was in the audience, and he heard it. And so afterwards, he went and talked to Dr. Sume and said, that is the most unusual thing I've, I've really ever seen. And you, I mean, how many of you have actually studied and read the prayer of Jabez? Very many of you? Okay, okay, so you have the book. Okay, so most of you don't know what we're talking about. Okay, so he went to Dr. Sumi and said, I've never seen anything like that. Dr. Sumi said, that's pretty amazing. So what Bruce Wilkinson did after he graduated from Dallas Seminary, did all kinds of things. He actually headed up a ministry called Walk Through the Bible, and he wrote some books. He's probably written 10 books, but this was the first book that he wrote that sort of made him famous. When he wrote this book in around the year 2000, 
It's just called the prayer of Jabez, and he, he gives a lot of different details and things, and he takes you through the prayer. We're going to look at some different things. If you want to read the book, that's fine. There's some, there's some good things in there. There's some things in there that I would say, I don't know if I agree with that, or I, I think it's maybe looked at in a different way than we would look at it. But he began to study this on his own. He wrote the book. It, it became the number one bestseller in the United States as far as Christian books are concerned. It just went crazy. So if you hadn't heard of it, that's because that was 20 years ago, and you don't know anything. No, I'm just kidding. It's true. It's just, there's so many things going on. Now, let me tell you what some people have said. I just want to caution you. Some people say it's one of the best books on prayer they ever read. Some people say it's a great book on how to pray. Some people say it's a magical book and will give you miracles, uh, all kind of mess like that. So here's, here's what I want you to do. Uh, we want to we do this. We're going to look first. Just, we're going to talk about the book for just a second, a little background, background on First Chronicles and that. And then we're going to look at the passage, First Chronicles 4, 9, and 10. And the goal is to understand the prayer and the person and how we can make application. So let's start, first of all, just the background aspect this morning and the background of the prayer. So look at First Chronicles chapter 4, look at verses 9 and 10. It says this, Jabez, now out of the blue, if, you've, if you're looking at First Chronicles, it's just a list of names. Chapter 4 begins, by the sons of Judah were, and they list them. Chapter 2 has a bunch of others. Then chapter, uh, I mean chapter, uh, verse 2. Then verse 3 says, here's the sons of this. And then verse 4, a bunch of names. Verse 5, verse 6, verse 7. You get to verse 9 and it says, Jabez. Instead of saying Jabez was the son of somebody, it just says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I bore him with pain. Now Jabez called on the, name, called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, that it might not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. So we actually see a guy praying, and the Bible says he prayed the prayer, and God answered the prayer. So when we think about this, I want you to think about prayer and praying. Now, we've, we saw Jesus giving what, what we all call the Lord's Prayer. It's really the disciples' prayer when he was teaching them to pray. We've seen all kinds of things. Uh, we did a study several years ago, and we did John chapter 17, in which we looked at the high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ right before he goes to the cross. So we've talked about prayer in a lot of ways. In fact, we did a whole study uh, on, on uh, this, this last year on prayer in our grow groups. So I want you to think about this. We're going to see a prayer that he prayed, and we're going to look at it, and we're going to see what it is, and we're going to get his background and everything. The second thing I want to do is to warn you about the book. And when I say warn you about the book, a lot of people, especially if I talk about prayer Jabez, and you say, well, there's a book called Prayer Jabez, so I'm going to go get the book. You can go get the book. You can read any books you want to. I don't stop anybody from doing anything. Sometimes in the book, he says some things that well, some things I would just uh, look at in a different way or think differently. And as you notice, this book is about, oh, it's 100 pages. It's a... It's 100 pages and not of everything dealing just with the prayer of Jabez. So there, there's a lot of different things in there. I want to give you a warning. Here's why. He says this. I want to teach you a prayer that God always answers. Well, the truth is this, God always answers every prayer, but it may be a yes, it may be a no, and it may be a wait. So God does answer a prayer, but it implies that when you pray this prayer, it's going to automatically be answered yes for you. Second, he says, thousands of believers who apply these truths are seeing miracles on a regular basis. Okay, now when people start talking about seeing miracles, 
Uh, a miracle is when God suspends the law of nature, like parting the Red Sea, walking on the water, raising the dead, those kind of things. Wilkerson says, you lead someone to Christ, that's a miracle. You meet somebody at just the right time, that's a miracle. I don't think those are miracles. So when you read this, you may say, he may say some things and you might go, oh, I don't, well, I don't see that as a miracle, and, and I don't. So anyway, I just wanted you to know that's a little warning. Uh, he, 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 this is a great book, and he has some good things in there, but what's better is the Bible, and so I just wanted you to know that, 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 that this is a famous book that's out there just in case you decide to go get it. We're going to look not at the book. We're going to look at the Scripture and see how it fits together. Now, in this prayer that you see in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9, and verse 9 and 10, he prays about four things. Blessing, service, power, and protection. So I want us to think about it. When we study this in the next three to four or five weeks, I want you to think about this as we look at this, because we're going to look at some different things as we go through this study, and we're going to see how it fits together. Some people have looked at the very start of the prayer. Notice verse 10, Now Jabez called on the Lord, uh, on the God of Israel, and said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Many people stop right there and say, That's wrong. That's selfish. You shouldn't ask God to bless you. You shouldn't. And because they're assuming that when Jabez said, bless me, he's talking about giving me two cars and, and a bunch of tents and all that. No, because some people think when you say, ask God to bless me, that is talking about giving me more possessions. That's not what this is about. And so you have to be real careful when, when you read books, when you hear people say things. So what we're going to talk about, the blessing, the service, the power and the protection. Let me read this to you. Listen to what this says. Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. That's the blessing. And that you would enlarge my border. That has to do with service. That your hand might be with me. That has to do with power. And that you would keep me from harm that it might, would not cause me pain. Now, that's reading of a New American Standard. If you have an NIV, if you have an ESV, if you have an NLT, if you have an old King James or a new King James, the reading may be slightly different there. And I'll explain to you when we get to that part why it's different, why it reads a little bit differently. So when we look at this study over these next weeks, we're going to see the blessing, the service, the power, and the protection. So, and and I'm, by the way, I meant that this lesson, this beginning lesson, would not be as long as some of the normal lessons because we want to get to grow groups today since they started grow groups and get to know everybody. So I'm going to go a little bit quickly through this. Uh, uh, let's, let's look at the prayer. First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. And when you think about it, uh, how many of you ever studied the book of Chronicles? What did you study it for? So you're, you're actually studying it verse by verse, or section by section? The first nine chapters were really entertaining, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> when, uh, it's like when I first became a Christian, you all know the story, I became a Christian and somebody gave me a Bible. I'd never had a Bible before, so of course naturally you... You go to the front of the Bible and you start reading Genesis, and I read Genesis. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever read. And then I read Exodus, and the first half of Exodus, three-quarters of Exodus was incredible, and then it kind of slowed down a little bit. Then I got to Leviticus, and I said, I think I'm going to switch to the new part. And that's what I did. And sometimes people get the Chronicles, and they go, 
Uh, why in the world would we study that? Notice this, that when you think about the Old Testament's divided into four big sections. There's the law. That's the first five books. We call that, that's called the Torah. We call it the law. Sometimes it's called the Pentateuch. Then the history, and, and, and in the history section, you have, you know, Joshua and Judges and First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra and Nehemiah. You have all those. And then the writings, of course, Psalms and Proverbs, and then, and the, and then the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Limitations, Daniel, those books. So it's in the history section. And what he's doing is giving you information. That's, and we're not sure who wrote all this. Chronicles has an idea of giving the facts and the information. And it, listen, if you study the Bible, you say, okay, I've got First and Second Samuel, I've got first and second Kings, and then I have first and second Chronicles. How do they all fit? Well, first and second Samuel is followed by first and second Kings, and first Samuel deals mostly with Saul, and second Samuel deals mostly with David, and first Kings deals a lot with Solomon, and then second Kings deals with a whole bunch of kings. Well, first and second Chronicles puts them all together and gives a sort of a synopsis and does not go into as much detail. In fact, Chronicles was written after the captivity. Most believe it was written by Ezra, and Samuel and Kings were written before the captivity. In fact, when you read second, First and Second Chronicles, you don't see a lot of the sin that you saw in First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. The writer of the Chronicles is not so much talking about all the failure of Israel. In fact, David's sin with Bathsheba is not in First and Second Chronicles. So we'll just we'll see how that goes when we get to it. So he's he's basically focusing on God and the provision, how God has taken care. Then when we think of the first nine chapters, it starts with Adam and goes to Noah, and then it starts to go with the sons of Israel, and it goes all the way to David and everything. And then one of the listing there in, in chapter four is he's talking about Judah, and he lists in verse nine and ten the listing of one man stands out, and that's our man Jabez. And, and it really does stand out because it'll say, Penuel was the father of Gedor, and Gedor was the father of Ezra, and Ezra was the father, and it just lists and lists, and then all of a sudden it comes to Jabez, and instead of saying Jabez was the father of, it just says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. So, for this morning, we're going to look, we'll start, and we'll go fairly quickly so, you, so we can get to our grow groups, but we're going to talk about information about Jabez, we're going to talk about information concerning his mother and his birth, and then we'll talk about the prayer and talk about the results, and some of that will be in the weeks to come. So let's talk about the information about Jabez and look at the flow, the list of people right in the midst of listing the names. Here he is, and notice what it says about him. Jabez was what? What was he? More honorable than what? His brothers. What does it mean, honorable? What does that mean? I mean, he's more honorable than his brothers? Well, all of them, you know, they're all listed with names. It doesn't say hardly anything about any of them. But here's one that was honorable. And this idea of the word for honor means it has an idea of, of, of glory. And the Hebrew word, kabod, that's the word for glory. It means heavy. So if you said God is glory, he's heavy. He is. He's heavy. He's, he's big. And this, the word honorable, comes from the word for glory, which means he, he's a heavy guy. He's a, he's a good guy. He's an honorable guy. He's a, he, he'd be somebody we'd go, that's a good guy. We, we, he's, he's smart. He's sharp. He's neat. He's honorable. He's well known. He's known for his honor. He was the kind of person that would not lie to you. I mean, he's, one of the, he's a person of character. So it starts off. Now, this is the Bible saying this. This is not Jabez saying this. The Bible says Jabez 
Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. So the first thing we find out about him is he was a pretty special person. The second thing we want to talk about is the information about his background, his birth, and his mother. And I want you to notice it. It says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother named him Jabez. What does Jabez mean? Does anybody know? Because look what it goes on. It says, because I bore him with pain. The Jabez comes from the Hebrew root word for pain. So if you name your child Joshua, which is the same name as Jesus, it means Savior. If you name him Peter, which means the rock, but would you name your child pain? You know, you're a real pain. You know, cause that's your name. You're, tell pain to come in from playing outside. I mean, that's what she named him. She named him pain. Why? Why do you think? What does it say? It says, his mother named him pain because, what did she said? Because I bore him what? With pain. It hurt a lot to have his baby. She said, this, this baby was a pain. And so I'm going to name the baby pain. Now, would you like to go through life with a name like pain? No, and that's one of the reasons he prayed to prayer. And that's one of the reasons he became an honorable man. In fact, he became known as an honorable man because he didn't want to be known as the man of pain. He wanted to be known as an honorable man. And so uh, this is the idea of birth pain. And by, by the way, I had a friend that, uh, I mean, I love her. Uh, her son is grown, but she told me, oh, he's a pain. And from the day I've had, from the time growing up with him, he was a disaster. He was always a pain to me. That's what she said. Uh, and I started to say, well, you should have named him Jabez. But I mean, because that, that's what it means. But uh, the name can be grief. I mean, think about it. We name our kids Joy and Grace and Joshua and Peter and Isaac and everything. But we don't usually name our kids pain. And that's his name. He did not want to be remembered as the pain man. Okay? And so what did he do? Notice, now Jabez called on the God of Israel. What does it mean to call on the God of Israel? What does it mean? To pray. He's, he's, lifting, he's saying, Lord, I don't want to be a pain. I don't want to be a pain. Here's what I'm asking. He says, bless me. Enlarge my borders. Let your hand be upon me. And keep me from what? From harm so it won't be pain. And we'll see it as we go through it. Let me give you some applications as we think about it. First of all, oh, what did he do? He took his request to God. So let's understand the divisions of the Old Testament. There, you know, we know that the four divisions. If you've ever had the 2-2, uh, I always start the first five lessons. I'll deal with the breakdown of the whole Bible. And we look at the Bible as a whole, and we look at the Old Testament as a whole. And that. So you should understand the four divisions of the Old Testament. The second thing, let's understand the background of the prayer of Jabez. Why would he pray this? Well, his mother bore him in pain and named him pain. And he wanted to be an honorable person. He wanted to be something that not known as the man of pain, you know? And then the third thing is, let's be open to the prayer of Jabez. As you see this in the next few weeks. And let me tell you, there this morning, on, when I left my house this morning, really early, on the way to the church, I prayed the prayer of Jabez. Just for fun. No, I, I mean I, I mean it when I'm praying. And I'm gonna, as we go through it, we'll talk about it. It'd be some great things to pray. And this is a good pattern, and we'll look at it as we go through it. And then last, last one, let's be faithful, faithful to pray, because that's the key thing. The key thing is maintaining our fellowship with our great God and Savior, and the way you do that is talking to him. He talks to us through the Bible. We talk to him through prayer, and so we want to be men and women of prayer. So we're just getting started today. Next week, we'll get into a little bit more details, and we'll actually start talking about the blessing aspect. What is the blessing? What is he talking about? And how does that affect our lives?